Welcome to American Indian Living, a program developed by the Native Education and Health Initiative to improve and enhance the health of people throughout the Native communities. American Indian Living is hosted by Dr. David DeRose, a board-certified specialist in both internal medicine and preventive medicine. Dr. DeRose has a wide range of experience with Native health issues, and he's ready today to help you learn more about your health. Here's Dr. DeRose. Welcome to American Indian Living. I'm Dr. David DeRose. Today we've got a great show lined up for you. It's looking at something that is vital to your whole person health, and it's something that unfortunately many people neglect. We're speaking about the health of your mouth, your teeth, your gums, and who better to talk about it than a dentist, Dr. Rick Mars. Rick, it is great to have you with us on our show today. David, it is my pleasure. Great to be here. Rick, you are somebody who is well-known in dental circles. For those who might not know you, tell us a little bit about your background. Well, I am from Miami, Florida. I've been practicing for three decades. That goes by really, really fast. Um, and I have three dental practices. It's Two of them are called the Dental Care Group, one in Aventura, Florida, one in Pembroke Pines, Florida, and another one called Dental Care Group Kids, a kid's office, which is located right above our Aventura office. And... Uh, we are what's called a multi-specialty group practice, I meaning we have general dentists, we have root canal specialists, we have periodontists in the office, we have oral surgeons in the office, and uh, we cover every aspect of dentistry under one roof. There's about 15 dentists on our team, and in our three offices, we have about 65 people total, and uh, I love what I do. I, I love putting smiles on people's faces. And uh, we have a huge part of our practice is cosmetic. Uh, we do a lot of veneers and things like that in our practice. And a big part of my own personal practice is doing Invisalign. I'm proud to be on their global faculty. I go around the world lecturing for Invisalign, teaching dentists how, how to align teeth and how important teeth alignment is and to your overall health and to your dental health and the importance of that. And uh, so that's pretty much what I do. And I'm, I'm married and I have three uh, grown sons that, uh, seem to keep me busy as three grown sons and uh, life after we get through this uh, COVID thing will return God willing to a level of normalcy and good and things are good and we should all all be healthy and be well. That's our biggest goal. Well, Rick, we're so great uh, grateful that you're here on the show with us. And just to, to give a little bit of framework, because the show is pre-recorded, we're recording uh, early in April of 2020. And yes, this uh, this COVID-19 pandemic is on everybody's minds, and it has impacted dental practices. And we probably should talk about that because I know a lot of folks are saying, like me, I, I got a letter from my dentist. Uh, I was scheduled for my regular uh, six-month appointment, and they said, uh, in so many words, don't bother to come in because we're just seeing emergencies. Is that pretty much happening throughout the country? Yeah, it pretty much is, unfortunately, right now, David. Uh, most states are uh, under a order from their governor saying that life-threatening emergencies only are to be seen in your office right now, and there's a very small category of what's actually a life-threatening emergency in a dental office right now. Not urgent care, life-threatening care. Um, they don't want us going in our offices. They don't want us, you know, it's very hard to practice social distancing while you're doing dentistry. Uh, we're doing a lot of teledentistry right now, handling emergencies and doing the things we need to do over the phone and on video calls with our patients. Obviously, we can't do procedures and things like that now, but we're getting patients to emergencies. I, I had a patient resubmit his own temporary the other day via a teledentistry call, 
and uh, we just do what we need to do right now to get through. I personally have not had a walk in my office for a dental situation um, for the last uh, over two weeks now. Wow. Um, but our dentists have had to go in periodically for certain emergencies, had a couple of root canal emergencies. Most of the things we're seeing right now, unfortunately, um, because people are at home, there's very little trauma and things like that that we're seeing. But we're seeing, um, unfortunately, a lot of problems because of neglect. Almost every single patient that I've had a situation with uh, are patients that we told them they need to get something done. And they put it off, unfortunately, for one reason or another. Mm. Um, no good reason. I mean, sometimes um, it's economics. But, you know, economics oftentimes is a matter of prioritizing and getting things done. But uh, people just neglected their mouths. And today they're seeing the unfortunate results of that because when you have a dental emergency and the dentist can't go in the office, it's a very, very tough thing to have to deal with. And, you know, we, I, I am not, uh, I don't believe in that, that saying, uh, like the Fram oil filter guy, you can pay me now, you can pay me later. I, I think that's kind of a rough saying, but unfortunately people have been make decisions oftentimes based on economics and in the end, they end up paying the price because it, it turns into much, much more involved dental work, much more costly dental work. And they could have taken care of things when they're very simple under a plan scenario without having to go back afterwards and paying more for it and getting more involved. And oftentimes uh, some of that treatment isn't as pleasant where it could have been something as, as small as a filling. It turns into a, a root canal or a crown or they mm -hmm. crack a tooth and it turns into an extraction or an implant. And that gets into very involved and expensive dental work. So these are the things we like to have people avoid. Um, everybody agrees the least amount of work is the best amount of work. And, uh, you know, we're seeing a lot of that right now, unfortunately, because people can't get into offices. I mean, we're shut down for a minimum of six weeks right wow. now. And that's a long period of time not to have access to, to your dentist and dental care. And we're holding together so far. I mean, we're about three weeks in and we have about another month to go. So we can officially go in the office unless that gets extended or changed. But hopefully uh, we're lowering that curve and flattening that curve out and uh, we'll be able to go back to work and uh, start putting smiles on people's faces again. Well, Rick, I mean, this is all sobering dialogue and it, it really begs several questions. I mean, one of them is, uh, well, maybe it's a point first before I come to a question. And the point is simply I'm hearing the message and that is, once things normalize or, or the new normal uh, fully has emerged, whatever you want to say, we really need to be making a priority to keep on top of our dental health. But until we get to that point, until we can see our dentist and get that routine care or get that filling taken care of or that issue addressed, help us. What can we do right now to avoid oral health issues while these dental offices are closed throughout the country? Great question, David. So I think the thing that people have to do most is uh, what some people practice on a regular basis, but what some people just don't do. And, you know, we're always on the run. We're always busy and we never have enough time in our days. And all of a sudden we have this thing on our hands called time. And uh, time can be an, an enemy or time can be a friend. And in this case, when it comes to dental health, I think time happens to be um, a major, major friend of ours right now. One of, could be our best friend right now when it comes to dental care. I mean, when we talk about oral care where people go, oh, I can just brush. I brush in the morning and sometimes I fall asleep before I can brush my teeth at night. You know, there's no reason you're not brushing two or three times a day, taking care of your mouth. Um, I've had a couple of patients I've spoken to that have said to me, oh my God, I have actually started to floss my teeth. I find the time to do it. 
So I would say if you're brushing after every meal, if you're flossing, I would stay away from very, very sticky foods right now. If you have dental work in your mouth, things that could pull out crowns or fillings or things like that. I mean, that's what my patient pulled out his crown with the other day. He Mm -hmm. said, oh, I love those little orange squishy candies. And I'm like, well, those orange squishy candies are why we're on the phone right now. And unfortunately, we want to stay away from the sticky foods. We want to stay away from sugary foods. I mean, the chance of you developing a cavity in a week or two. But if you have those foods, brush your teeth afterwards. I mean, I know a lot of people are eating junk food right now, but you should really try your best to be eating healthy. I mean, you want to build up your immunity and uh, that will help you obviously in this fight against the coronavirus, but eating candy bars is not building up your immunity, but eating fruits and vegetables are building up your immunity. So things like that, we want to do at this stage of the game, but stay away from the sticky foods, brush two to three times a day, floss before you go to bed, Use a ADA recommended mouth rinse before you go to bed at night. Also, an antibacterial mouth rinse, and uh, just keep your mouth as healthy as you can right now. Let's develop some good habits. I mean, you'd be surprised. Teeth, you know, one of the things people don't realize: teeth don't age. Teeth wear out, hmm. and uh, if you don't take care of them, they're going to wear out. But if you have your bite aligned properly, if you take care of things, if you're not, you know, abusing your teeth, eating super hard foods. Also, I mean, every. You know, a lot of people eat nuts and things because they're healthy, but, you know, a hard almond can be a very dangerous thing to be eating right now. I hate to discourage it uh, because if you bite down wrong, you fracture a tooth. If you fracture a tooth, you can get in trouble right now. So these are the things we want to avoid at this stage of the game, and you want to be just real, real careful taking care of your teeth. You know, I'm, I'm exercising every day, um, but, you know, one of the things I heard was, yeah, exercise, get out there, do the things you need to do, but it may not be the time to go out and play a pick up basketball game one-on-one with your kid right now because you might twist your ankle and what happens when you twist your ankle Mm. you know but if you want to go running or if you want to do some swimming or things like that that are safer you know might be an easier thing to do but you want to you know be careful right now because you want to avoid things that will put you in an urgent care and emergency room right now and the same thing with the dental office you want to do things that will keep you out of trouble i mean everybody knows as soon as a patient called me and said yeah i knew i shouldn't have eaten that well he he was right um, luckily we were able to take care of it and, and do what we needed to do when he was able to put his crown back in himself, but stay away from those things. And if you have any existing temporary dental work in your mouth, for sure, don't do any chewing on that side, stay away from that. And, uh, while you're at it also make sure if you're flossing with a temporary in there, you floss, you know, if it's a lower tooth, you floss down and pull the floss out. If it's an upper tooth, you floss up and pull the floss through, but be careful not to pull out your dental temporaries right now either. No, I mean, these are powerful messages. And what I especially appreciate, uh, Rick, that you're talking about is you're really reconnecting us with some of these immune-enhancing practices. Now, you may find this interesting. You may be well aware of it. But last year, I wrote a book called The Methuselah Factor, and we talked about the importance of good blood fluidity. We call it optimal hemorrheology. That's the technical term. But what's really interesting about it, and I know as a dentist you're aware of this, healthy circulation requires healthy gums, healthy teeth. And uh, we're finding that that this uh, optimal blood fluidity also helps our immune systems. So whether you're focused on avoiding the sugars, whether you're focused on safe exercise, all these things are giving this consistent message, hey, this is a great time to get on a healthier lifestyle, develop those healthy dental habits, and uh, maybe even reading habits. You're an author too. Tell us about the book that you've got out, Rick. So I recently had a book come out in January called The Big Smile, and it's the principles 
of modern dentistry, but I wrote the book for patients and for dentists. So there are sections specifically for patients, specifically for dentists, and it basically tells you how to become a better patient and also for dentists, how to become a better dentist. And I'm not talking about using techniques and things like that. I'm talking about patient care. You know, one of the things that patients always forget is their doctors are patients too. And I've seen things go on in doctor's offices. And sometimes I get a little bit better treatment because I'm a dentist when I walk in and a fellow doctor. So they want to take care of you. Sometimes it's my friends. But I've had things happen in doctor's offices before that would make your head spin. And uh, unfortunately, people don't walk out of a doctor's office when they have a good experience and tell the world about it. But when they have a bad experience, that is something that they get out and they can't wait to tell everybody how long they had to wait what the bad experience was to share with all their friends. So the book I wrote was really something intended to make doctors better doctors and for patients to make you a better patient too. What people can't, don't realize is there's things you can do as a patient, as your own advocate, that will help you become a better patient, that will help the doctor-patient relationship, which is, is so lacking in so many circumstances. So that was my number one goal. If I could get doctors to be better, or if I could get patients to, to understand what happens on the other side of the proverbial green curtain, if you will, um, then I've accomplished my goal. And I've had amazing, amazing feedback from the book on, on both sides. I, you know, a lot of patients have read it and gotten back to me, not just my own patients. Uh, a lot of my own patients have read it, and it's very funny. They come back to me and go, ah, I see you practice what you preach. You call your new patient the night before and, and check in and see what's happening. Or if somebody had a tough procedure, we pick up the phone and call them or somebody doesn't like to wait. We give them special no wait appointments. So they're watching me, my patients, to make sure I practice what I preach. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, I've had a number of doctors call me up afterwards and say, or shoot me an email afterwards, if you will, and say, you know something? You've changed the way I see patient care now. I, I was seeing it through blinders on, basically. I don't want to say rosy colored glasses, blinders on. And I'm going to start doing things differently based on what I read in your book. That is tremendous. Uh, We don't have a lot of time. We're just uh, winding down as far as this segment. But before we step away for the break, if someone says, boy, I need a good book to read right now that's practical, the name of the book is The Big Smile, right? The name of the book is The Big Smile, and it's subtitled The Principles of Modern Dentistry for Dentists and Patients. It is The Big Smile. It's available on Amazon and on Target websites, and uh, it's a good read, especially during this period. Great message. We are going to come back with a lot more practical insights from dentist Dr. Rick Mars. He's going to be talking to you about things that you don't want to miss. Stay tuned. We will be right back after this. Today's broadcast has been pre-recorded. However, if you have questions about today's show or would like further information, please call 1-800-775-HOPE. That's 1-800-775-4673. We'll be right back after this. This is Betty White. I know you don't need one more thing to worry about, but listen. High blood pressure can cause kidney damage, blindness, heart attack, stroke. And you can have high blood pressure even if you feel all right. One in seven adults has it, but it's easy to get your blood pressure checked, and you can treat it if it is too high. So don't worry about it. Don't ignore it. Just see your doctor and check it out. For your free booklet, visit the Will Rogers Institute at wrinstitute.org and find us on Facebook and Twitter. Emergency medical unit received. 
respond to 102 Maple Avenue, possible stroke victim. When stroke occurs, you have 60 minutes to win or lose the race of your life. There are new treatments, but you must get to a hospital fast. If you suddenly feel weakness on one side, have trouble speaking, walking, or seeing, it could be a stroke. Call 911. Get to a hospital. Because how you spend the next 60 minutes could determine how you spend the rest of your life. Stroke. Know the signs. Act in time. A message from the National Institute of Neurological Disorders in Stroke. If you receive disability benefits, keeping Social Security informed is key. Keeping us informed minimizes the chance that we learn about something later that could negatively affect your benefits. That's the surprise no one wants because it creates overpayments that you must repay, disrupts payments, and can even jeopardize your entitlement to Social Security benefits. Learn more about reporting responsibilities for people working and receiving disability or SSI benefits by reading our online publications, Working While Disabled, How We Can Help, and How Work Affects Your Benefits at www.socialsecurity.gov pubs. Some changes can be reported online at www.socialsecurity.gov. You can also notify us at 1-800-772-1213 or contact your local Social Security office. Our goal at Social Security is to pay you the right amount on time every month. With your cooperation to keep us informed of changes, the likelihood of any unpleasant surprises that could derail your benefits will be greatly minimized. You're listening to Dr. David DeRose on American Indian Living. Your comments and questions are welcome. Call now at 1-800-775-HOPE, 1-800-775-4673. Here again is Dr. DeRose. Welcome back to American Indian Living. I'm Dr. David DeRose. My guest, Dr. Rick Mars. Rick is a dentist, and he is also an author. He's the author of the book, The Big Smile, The Principles of Modern Dentistry for Dentists and Patients. Rick, as we're launching into this segment, one of the things you shared with my listeners was uh, the fact that you're one of America's top dentists with a product called Invisalign. Like a lot of folks, I've heard of Invisalign. I've never had it myself, and I probably have more questions than I know about it. Tell us a little bit about uh, what that is. Okay, so Invisalign is a clear aligner system that will help align your teeth uh, on many levels. Sometimes it's just a cosmetic alignment of your teeth, but sometimes it's an alignment of your teeth to improve your bite and to allow proper wear of your teeth. Like I mentioned earlier, um, people's teeth don't age. People's teeth wear out. Think of it like your tires on your car, if you will. If your tires are in bad alignment, how long are your tires going to last? And if your tires are in good alignment, obviously they're going to last much, much longer. Right. Same thing with your teeth. If your bite's correct, if your teeth are wearing properly, there is no reason in, in 2020 that people can't expect their teeth to last a lifetime. And if they uh, take care of it and their teeth are aligned properly, and Invisalign is a way to do it without wires and brackets and, and things that people knew when they were children, uh, it's a clear aligner system. It's a series of aligners. They change them out every week usually. And uh, in as little as six months, we can correct most bite issues for patients. And it's just a matter of, uh, you know, just going in, getting it done. A lot of the impressions and things are no longer even done. Uh, we do things now without impressions. We do things just by scanning patients up and fitting them for the aligners. And it's, it's an amazing, amazing process. And my, like I said, I've been doing this for over 30 years now. This is probably the biggest 
invention, innovation in dentistry that I've seen that's made a difference in my practice. Now, when people think about straightening teeth, I mean, historically, they think of an orthodontist. Is Invisalign now in the domain of every dentist, or is it specially trained dentists? How does that work? Great question. So that is an area that comes up often. People go, why am I going to a general dentist? Why don't I just go to an orthodontist to get this done? Orthodontists do a great job with what they do. This happens to be something that we receive the same training that the orthodontists do. Um, I would say super complex Invisalign cases might be handled by an orthodontist and not in the hands of every general dentist. Um, But there are some dentists that have done so much Invisalign. I mean, I've done over 1,500 cases myself. So there's a level of expertise that I have that I believe is equal to pretty much most orthodontists out there, if not most orthodontists out there. But I'd say for simple, straightforward cases, you know, crowding cases, things like that, most dentists can handle those type of things. But again, these are one of those things what people don't realize is you can have these conversations with your doctor. So if your doctor is saying to you, hey, I'd like to have a conversation with you about aligning your teeth, start having a conversation. Okay, it's, it's, it's a dialogue. It's not just your doctor um, giving you a lecture. It's a matter of you asking questions back. Oh, doc, how much experience do you have with this? How long have you been doing it? How many cases have you done? Can I see some before and after photos? Things like that. So there's a lot of things you can do to be your own advocate as a patient that uh, you need to do because most general dentists can do most Invisalign cases. Um, There's simple crowding cases or spacing cases, but it's not a matter of just cosmetics. I mean, there's, I always tell people the cosmetics is the icing on the cake with Invisalign. The game we're playing is let's hold on to your teeth the rest of your life. And with proper tooth alignment, that's something we can accomplish. I appreciate this uh, because, Rick, I think we're getting into something that I haven't heard a lot of discussion about, but I've heard rumbling. So whether we're talking about primary care physicians, whether we're talking about general dentists, a lot of these practices are largely shuttered today. I was speaking with a provider who works in a clinic where I still do some uh, clinical work from time to time as a locums doc, so I'm not a regular member of that practice, but I come out and, and, and help periodically. This is a multi-specialty group. I mean, we may have 50 providers, dentists, physicians, specialists, primary care docs in the building at any one time. And she told me, she said, with what's been happening lately, she's sometimes the only provider in that whole facility. So the bottom line is things are changing. And what I'm reading is uh, some of these practices, whether they're dental or medical, they're not going to survive. They're going to actually close their doors, and there's going to be a lot of people looking for new dentists. Uh, If someone finds themselves in that uh, setting, they've got to choose a new dentist, what are they looking for? What are important things they should be considering? Well, you know, it's funny. When we were having our kids, I remember going and interviewing um, OBGYNs, and then I remember interviewing pediatricians with my wife. And that seems like a very, very common practice. And very few patients do that when it comes to dentists. I love it. I love when somebody goes, would you mind if I met you before I came in, if we just sat down for a couple of minutes? And they can, you know, people oftentimes these days have to pick you out of an insurance book or they're looking at online reviews. I mean, there's, there's a lot of things you can do. Uh, to be your own advocate when it comes to choosing your own healthcare providers, not just dentists. But if I have somebody say, hey, do you mind if I come in and just want to meet the dentist? I love it, okay? Because I want to meet you too before you walk in my office. I have no problem with that. And I think there's a lot of different things. Like I said, you can go online reviews, but I, w- I would read online reviews with both eyes wide open. 
um, because lots of times people go online and they'll do, you know, it'll be a chance for a patient to quote unquote get even with a dentist because the patient didn't pay their bill and they want to go online and bash the dentist. And mm-hmm. they can say all kinds of things. People get very empowered because they can do it anonymously. Uh, we've even had a couple of situations. We've had some situations where uh, people that were not even patients try to go after our practice and put some bad reviews up on our websites just to be vindictive, or they might be other dental offices uh, trying to do these type of things. But if you see, you know, hundreds of reviews or dozens of reviews and one or bad, one or two bad reviews, you can usually know you're walking into a pretty solid place overall. And uh, talk to other healthcare providers, talk to your friends. I mean, our practices, I was actually a child patient in my dental office. Uh, when I was a kid, I was a patient, and our practice has been around since 1972, mm. when I was 9 and 10 years old. And, you know, we have an amazing reputation in our community. So people went up to healthcare providers and said, hey, have you ever heard of the dental care group? Have you ever heard of Dr. Rick Mars? You know, I would hope we'd get a very, very positive response. I'm pretty sure we would. And, and that's a place to start. And then do your online reviews. Go interview the doctor. Go see the office. See what's going on in the office. Look around. Uh, there's a lot of things you can see when you walk into a facility. I mean, do they care about their patients? I mean, I, I once had to have a hernia surgery. I walked into a surgeon's office, and I was in the reception area, and I looked at the magazines, and every magazine was at least three years old. And I said to myself, I went, wow. I said, if three years old, the mag- if the magazines are three years old, how about the equipment in the back? How about the sterilization in the back? How about the doctor's training? You know, so it opens up your eyes. So you look at things a little differently. So really, there's a lot of things that you can pick up on just walking into the practice. Uh, I wouldn't have thought uh, of necessarily looking at the magazines that are out. I mean, I often come into an office and I've got something to read or some work to do, but uh, that's just a really good pointer. What about other things to spot? I mean, are there things you should look for and how the receptionists treat you or how other things look around the office? Oh, 100%. I mean, you can go to levels that you can. I go to le- when I walk into a, a doctor's office, I'm almost like a, a little inspector, if you will. Um, I've had things happen. I look at light bulbs. All right. So every a light bulb could have gone off this morning in an office and been burnt out. But if you're walking around an office and you see three, four lights out, what does that tell you about the quality of the office? Hmm. Are you greeted with a smile when you walk in from a reception? I mean, we we train, we close our office. Um, usually every couple of months we close our office every three or four months and we do a, a full staff training where we get the entire team together and we train and we work on things, customer service for our patients. Um, that's a very, very important thing that tells you how much the doctor cares about the practice wait time. You know, unfortunately we're a procedure driven, um, practice. I mean, that's dental practice is a procedure driven. So sometimes a simple thing can get more involved. But how's the doctor react if he's running behind schedule when you walk in? You know, I, I once met a guy who said to me, he goes, you know, everybody, you know, a popular restaurant like the Cheesecake Factory, if you've ever been there, how long will you wait when you go to the Cheesecake Factory? And people will be like, oh, I'll wait an hour for the Cheesecake Factory. He goes, well, if you wait an hour for the Cheesecake Factory, how long are you going to wait for me? I mean, that's a bad attitude. Mm-hmm. You know, we it, it's a busy, busy world out there. If I am falling behind schedule, the first thing I do when I walk into the room is I apologize to a patient. And we offer certain no-wait appointments for patients that are very busy and, and can't wait at all. We, we offer times of the day that we know that they will not have to wait when they walk in the door. They have to show up on time, but they won't have to wait when they walk in our door. I mean, these are some great pointers. And a lot of this, am I understanding it correctly, is in your book? Yes, absolutely. I mean, I, I actually, 
There's separate chapters in my book that are for healthcare providers and dentists. Um, actually, even business people. I think I, you know it's very funny when I first spoke about my book, it hadn't even been released yet, and uh, I spoke about what was involved with the book. And one of the other authors, it was a roundtable, came up to me and he writes on business and he said to me, he goes, "I would love to have you come speak with me on in the non-medical field because a lot of your principles are very, very solid in terms of what you do for patients." and customer service and things. So we have separate sections for healthcare providers and dentists and separate sections for patients. And then the last chapter of the book is virtually a checklist, um, what you should look for, what you should do to become a better healthcare provider or dentist. And then there's a separate list of what you can do to be your own advocate to become a better patient when you go to the dentist. Tremendous. we got to step away, Rick. But for those of you who are wanting to get a copy of Rick's book, if you didn't catch it earlier in the show, it's called The Big Smile, The Principles of Modern Dentistry for Dentists and Patients. And you can pick it up on Amazon, or we'll give you a website when we come back where you can get uh, more great insights from Rick as well as pick up a copy of the book. But we do have to take a break. We will be back with more from Rick Mars on American Indian Living. I'm Dr. David DeRose. Stay tuned. American Indian Living will continue in a moment. If you have questions or comments about today's pre-recorded broadcast, please call 1-800-775-HOPE. That's 1-800-775-4673. So, you want to be a hero. Here are some ways to get the job. Hunt down that killer shark. Or run into a burning house to save a kitten. Luckily, there's an easier way to become a hero. Call 911 if you see someone experiencing the symptoms of stroke. Sudden weakness on one side or trouble speaking, walking, or seeing. Stroke. Know the signs. Act in time. You'll be a real hero. A message from the National Institute of Neurological Disorders and Stroke. Can you guess what's going on here? It's kids getting fit. Studies show that children and teens who get at least 60 minutes of physical activity a day reduce the risk of obesity, heart disease, anxiety, and increase their overall mood. So, whether it's around your neighborhood... Or at school, just get out and play. For your free booklet, visit WRInstitute.org or call toll-free 877-957-7575 and find us on Facebook and Twitter. The Will Rogers Institute, since 1936. My name is Tom Thornton. And my name is Cindy Thornton. We're retired, and this is how we live United. We decided to volunteer with United Way at our community free health clinic. United Way is how we contribute. Because we know our time and money are going to the right places. Judging by the thank yous we get at the clinic, I'd say we're doing the right thing with our retirement, too. We're Tom and Cindy Thornton. We volunteer at our community free health clinic. We don't just wear the shirt. We live it. Give. Advocate. Volunteer. Live United. Go to liveunited.org. Brought to you by United Way and the Ad Council. Diabetes affects more than 29 million Americans. If left untreated, diabetes can lead to serious health problems such as heart disease, stroke, blindness, and kidney disease. Your family's health history can be an important factor in determining your risk of developing diabetes. The National Diabetes Education Program wants to help you and your family. Do all you can to prevent or delay the onset of type 2 diabetes. Visit yourdiabetesinfo.org to learn more. You're listening to Dr. David DeRose on American Indian Living. Your comments and questions are welcome. Call now at 1-800-775-HOPE, 1-800-775-4673. 
Here again is Dr. DeRose. Welcome back to our second half of today's edition of American Indian Living. I'm Dr. David DeRose. We're speaking with Dr. Rick Mars. He is the author of the book, The Big Smile. He is a very busy dentist, normally, running uh, three dental clinics in South Florida. And he's helping us today to learn how we can care for our dental health and really get an upper hand especially when things quiet down a little bit and dental practices are headed back to normal. We're recording this show at the beginning of April of 2020. Rick, a lot of folks in Indian country know me, of course, from the radio show American Indian Living. But when we're on site uh, in various uh, tribal venues, folks have picked up copies of my books. One of them is called 30 Days to Natural Blood Pressure Control, and another is called The Methuselah Factor. And one of the interesting things, as we've worked with folks throughout uh, Native American communities and beyond, we've been talking with people about 30 simple things they can do to improve their health, uh, help address their diabetes, help address their high blood pressure. And uh, we have a free, for example, online program where people can go once a day. They get a uh, five-minute video where I talk with them about simple things to do. The reason I'm talking about all this is because one of those factors, as we're speaking to people about optimizing their metabolic health, is actually, here's how I put it, depend on your dentist. Depend on your dentist. So why would a doctor like me, and of course you can't read my mind, but why would any doctor talk with a a patient about the importance of dental health. Give us a little bit more understanding of why the health of your teeth and gums is so important to your overall health and well-being. Okay, great question. And it's something that we talk about and, if you will, preach in our practices because it's so, so, so important because a lot of people tend to feel like, ah, it's just the dentist, what's the big deal? Oh, it's just my teeth, what's the big deal? Um, Well, if you've ever had a dental emergency, you know what a big deal it is. If you've had to have you know, extractions and implants or root canals or things like that, you know how important it is to to be able to take care of the overall health of your mouth. So there's on two levels. You know, years ago, um, when I first started practicing, it was just a belief of take care of your teeth or you're going to lose your teeth. And even for things like mothers, when they would get pregnant, um, they'd get something called pregnancy gingivitis. And there was a saying for every child born, a tooth lost, believe it or not. And you feel bad for the people that had, you know, 10 kids and things like that. That would be very problematic. Wow. But uh, these were old time sayings and things like that. It was just a matter of, oh, take care of your teeth or you're going to lose them. And what we found is the connection between the mouth and the rest of the body is huge. Um, you talked about inflammation of the mouth earlier, inflammation in the body. Um, we now know that there's a link between periodontal disease and heart disease and stroke and diabetes and pancreatic cancer. Um, on rheumatoid arthritis, early term birth. So we now know that the importance of taking care of your, your teeth goes way beyond your holding onto your teeth the rest of your life. It's now a, a much, much bigger situation. It can affect your overall health. It can affect your life. Um, we do some testing in our office. We do some saliva testing in our office, and we measure the different bacteria that are in the mouth. We do a test uh, called oral DNA. And it's, we measure 11 different bacteria, and those bacteria, a lot of them are naturally occurring bacteria, but a lot of them are related to, to gum disease, and they're linked to, directly linked to certain illnesses. We know certain bacteria are linked to heart disease. Certain bacteria are linked to diabetes. And if we find patients that are high in those bacteria, they're at risk. You could be a marathon runner, 
You know, I tell a story in my book about uh, my wife had a trainer once and the trainer came in and he had pretty bad gum disease. He hadn't been to the dentist in a while. And his, I mean, the guy was a brick house. I mean, he was built like a rock, this guy. Athlete, um, you look at him, you go, wow, look at this guy. And uh, he, unfortunately, his mouth did not match the rest of his body. And uh, he did not have the money for dental care. He kind of went by the wayside. Um, and then I heard about two years after he was in our practice, he suffered a stroke. Wow. And I, I cannot tell you for sure 100%. The only thing that was going on in his mouth was his gum disease, but I know he had gum disease. I know he was in optimum health. I know he had, you know, a great heart in terms of running and, and uh, aerobic activity and things like that. Um, the only thing I knew through his medical history was his gum disease. I can't tell you how many patients we've seen with terrible gums who have had heart attacks and strokes and things of that nature. I mean, this is so sobering, and I hope you're hearing the message. I mean, it may be a discouraging message if uh, this show is airing and your dental uh, practice, uh, your dental provider is, is still not available, but you definitely need to make a priority of taking care of your teeth, taking care of your gums. Rick, I know I've got a lot of professionals who tune into the show and some of them just, you know, you mentioned different bacteria doing this and that. I know some of it's pretty technical, but are there some things that a health provider might want to check up on? He's maybe listening for the first time today. Maybe he works in a tribal health clinic, and he says, I've not heard about this. Are there certain things he or, or she could read up on, or is the simple place to go just to your book, The Big Smile? Well, in my book, I mean, we do a lot of things in, in, in my book and on my website. We have a website, drrickmars.com. And we have things that people can do their own smile assessment and healthcare providers uh, can decide if they want to do things to improve their practices and such. But we write blogs. Uh, we have a couple of great blogs up there right now where we discuss different things. But um, even if you want to go online and read about things like saliva testing and oral DNA, because unfortunately uh, there is some ignorance in the healthcare community about this. I, I did have a patient once um, who I told about saliva testing. He was a candidate. He had some gum disease. And he went to his uh, physician, and his physician said, no, nah, that's just a money-making thing the doctor, the dentists are trying to do. And it was so wrong, mm. and it was so ill-advised and, and ignorant on his part to try to, uh, you know, he just didn't know about it. He never heard about it. And instead of saying to his, uh, his friend's last patient, I've never heard about it, let's look into it. But, you know, there's, uh, we're doctors of the mouth, and uh, we take that very, very seriously. I mean, there's... Uh, Dentists over the years and, and in Hollywood in different ways, they've been portrayed certain ways, but uh, we're doctors of the mouth and we take that very, very seriously. And there's oftentimes, you know, if you think about it, if you're seeing your dentist twice a year, you may not see your physician unless you get sick. A lot of people don't go for healthy checkups. So we take blood pressures in our office on an, at least an annual basis with our patients. We do saliva testing. Uh, we even do HPV testing in our office. If there's HPV, we can test for and pick up in the saliva. That's a communicable disease that uh, lots of times is overlooked. It's a silent, silent thing that can lead to other cancers and things, but there's a lot of old manifestations with that. Um, but we talk about all these things with our patients, and we don't shy away from it because if we're not having these conversations, who is? Well, let's make this real practical. Let's say somebody does come into a dental office where they are, basically checking saliva. They're doing the oral DNA. And let's say the doctor says, hey, um, you know, you got an overgrowth of uh, just say strep mutans. 
And uh, I mean, that's one of the things that, that just happens to come to my mind. Uh, are you going to do anything different for that patient? Because that's often what uh, the educated patient is saying. Well, I don't want to have a test done if the doctor or the dentist is not going to do anything differently as a result. David, yeah, yeah, it's a great question. You could do this for a living, you know that? I'm very impressed. So, <laughs> let, let me tell you, one of the reasons I became a dentist and not a physician was this. I like to think of myself as a fixer. And one of the nice things when you come to the dentist is we have a solution always. We always have a solution. So let's take, for instance, that you come in with a saliva test and your numbers come back high, what would we do? So number one, we would obviously put you through a series of scalings and things to, to eradicate the plaque and the tartar from your teeth. So there's a mechanical aspect to it. Um, the saliva test will tell us which antibiotics we have to put you on that are specific for that bacteria so we can lower those numbers in your mouth. Uh, we would have you back more frequently, and we would do a follow-up for you. So we, we're not just taking that information and going, oh, I'm sorry, David, we've got some bad news for you. You're a candidate for a heart attack even though you're fit and you eat well and everything else because you're going, no, 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 no. We have solutions. We're on top of it. Um, but again, it takes patient communication. Somebody has to take the seriousness of what we're telling them and put it to use. And they can hopefully put themselves in a situation where they can not just have optimum dental health, but optimum overall health at the same time. So, Rick, you got a lot of people's ears. I mean, everybody listening, if they're at all like me, they're saying, hey, this guy is talking about some dental uh, issues that not every dentist talks about. Folks know that you're well-connected, you're globally linked with a number of, uh, of different dentists and, and dental groups. You've mentioned how we can select a dentist. Your book, of course, The Big Smile, gives other pointers on that. But is there some kind of online community if someone says, wow, I wish I was in South Florida, but hey, it's a long trip from Oklahoma or uh, Seattle, Washington, or uh, the New York City area. I mean, we got people listening to this show from all over the country. Uh, any place to point people as far as maybe saving a little bit of the legwork as far as finding a, a dentist who's going to have this holistic approach like you do? Well, I, I don't want to keep sounding like I'm plugging my book, but I, I really go into this in detail in my book. There's a checklist. There's not like you can go to one website because unfortunately what people don't realize with most websites is doctors are paying a fee to go on that website and get a referral. You know, I don't want to put down any websites, but there's a number of them out there that people, you know, go to. They're advertised a lot on television and they don't realize they're not vetting the dentist. The dentists are often just paying a fee to get listed on those websites. And there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, they're putting their name out there and whatever they need to do, but the responsibility really falls on the patient. And uh, I hate to sound so kind of hardcore about this. This is an important decision. So what's a right fit for me may not be a right fit for you, David. Mm. Uh, you might be looking for different things in a dentist than I'm looking for in a dentist or a doctor. Um, but we really go into this a lot. There's virtually a checklist in my book that you can go through in terms of how am I going to find the right healthcare provider. And don't be afraid to change. That's the other thing. I mean, people get comfortable even though they're uncomfortable and they don't make a change and they stay with a doctor year after year after year. And sometimes they stay with the doctor until the doctor retires or passes away and they'll come to our office and, and we'll go to work in their mouths. They'll be like, yeah, I know he wasn't the best dentist. And I had these situations and I wasn't happy, but you know, he was a nice guy. I didn't want to offend him. No, 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 no. Patients change doctors every single day. And you have to find the doctor that's the right fit for you and to, to, re to ask the right questions 
and to look for the things that are important to you. you that, most people, like you said, you may not even think to look at the magazines or to look if half the light bulbs are off in the office, but you may do it now, and it might tell you something about them. I mean, I, I can't even tell you the last time I had a patient ask me where I went to dental school. Hmm. And that's, that's it. You know, are you going to be more impressed if, you know, the doctor went to a, a very good school and he's qualified to get in there or or not? And these are things patients just tend to overlook and they might know my reputation and what I've been doing. But it tells you something a little bit about a doctor's background and things of that nature. So it's these are things that patients need to do and ask the right questions. Well, we've got to step away again, Rick, but I think it's really important to get your website out there one more time because, you, like you said, you've got blogs there, you've got other resources, and am I understanding correctly they can even download a free chapter of your book? Absolutely. There's a free chapter of our book. It's drrickmars.com, and uh, drrickmars.com. Uh, it's pretty comprehensive, great articles on there. We've had some wonderful blogs. We put up a new blog. Uh, twice a month, and uh, I think it will really help people become uh, really better patients and better dentists out there and better doctors out there. we got to step away. Tremendous message, drrickmars.com. We'll be back with our final segment. Rick is uh, staying by some other life-changing information as far as dental health, how it can make a difference for you, your family, your tribe, and beyond. Stay tuned. Dr. DeRose, more coming up right after this. Today's broadcast has been pre-recorded. However, if you have questions about today's show or would like further information, please call 1-800-775-HOPE. That's 1-800-775-4673. We'll be right back after this. One day, I'll teach chemistry to kids. I'm going to be an architect. My dream is to be a chef. At the U.S. Department of Education's Office of Federal Student Aid, we provide more than $150 billion each year in grants, loans, and work-study funds, making higher education possible for anyone at any stage of life. I can go back to college. I can change careers. I can make a difference. Federal Student Aid, proud sponsor of the American Mind. Learn more about money for college at studentaid.gov. Diabetes is a serious disease that runs in families. If your parents or siblings have type 2 diabetes, you have a greater chance of getting the disease. If you're African American, Hispanic, or Latino, American Indian, Alaska Native, Asian American, Native Hawaiian, or Pacific Islander, you also have a higher chance of developing the disease. The National Diabetes Education Program wants to help you understand your risk. Visit the NDEP website at yourdiabetesinfo.org for diabetes prevention tools, including the Family Health History Quiz. It started off as a normal day. I felt fine when I arrived at the plant. Ruth Junius's life was about to change. Then I dropped my keys. They kept slipping out of my hand. My arm felt numb. A co-worker asked me if I was okay, and I couldn't speak. I started to get scared. Ruth was having a stroke. People around her weren't sure what to do. They thought I should go home or lie down, but I knew something was very wrong. I wrote 911 on a piece of paper with my other hand. And someone called for me. Because everyone acted quickly, doctors at the hospital were able to give Ruth treatment that started to reverse the symptoms. Within a few minutes, I was talking again. I didn't know a thing about stroke before I had one. Now I make sure that my friends and family know all the signs of stroke so they'll get help fast if they need it. No stroke. Know the signs. Act in time. Call 1-800-352-9424 for more information. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, National Institutes of Health. 
You're listening to Dr. David DeRose on American Indian Living. Your comments and questions are welcome. Call now at 1-800-775-HOPE, 1-800-775-4673. Here again is Dr. DeRose. You are back with Dr. David DeRose and with Dr. Rick Mars. He has been our guest from the top of the hour. He is not only a dentist, but he is the author of the book, The Big Smile, The Principles of Modern Dentistry for Dentists and Patients. And if you're just joining us, you can uh, get an excerpt of his book at his website, Dr. Rick Mars, just the letters D-R, then Rick Mars, just like the planet, M-A-R-S dot com. And uh, boy, I would take advantage of uh, his blogs, his uh, free chapter that he's offering Rick, as we're jumping back into the dialogue, I'm thinking back a ways, and I'm also thinking on some of the conversation you and I have had off air. And you shared with me uh, an anecdote about uh, a dental friend or or maybe even yourself who was overseas, and we won't mention the country, and uh, they noticed some differences in the practices of sterilization in dental offices. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, you know, we are in a extremely, um, no, I don't want to even use the word interesting. We're, we're in a very challenging time, if you will, right in the heat of where we're at while we're recording this during the whole uh, COVID-19 outbreak. But uh, the COVID-19 outbreak will eventually become the post-COVID era uh, for healthcare and for dentistry and uh, sterilization in dental offices and medical offices will be at an entirely different level. Uh, you're going to see clothing that your health care providers are using. And, you know, it's it's amazing. On one hand, the country that uh, my colleague mentioned, and it's not the country's not even important, but the fact that their level of sterilization was nowhere near what ours was, mm-hmm. and uh, to the sense that they don't even sterilize instruments, they just wash them off, if you will. Wow. And they see very, very little cross-contamination, believe it or not, which is we don't even want to think about that in our country because we would never do anything like that. Mm-hmm. We're, we're very big on sterilization. But, uh, you know, post-COVID-19, we're going to be in a situation where we're going to have to raise the bar. And those of you who were old enough for the AIDS outbreak years ago, uh, that raised the bar because uh, this might seem like a shocker to many of you. But before the AIDS crisis, there was... Doctors, dentists didn't even wear gloves in patients' mm-hmm. mouths, believe it or not. So uh, when we return to practice in a few more weeks and uh, once this is aired, uh, you're going to see different things happening in, in doctors and dental offices in terms of protective equipment, sterilization, uh, maybe reception areas. You won't see crowded reception areas anymore. You know, before, right before the outbreak, while we were still practicing, we had patients waiting in their cars and we were calling them in because we didn't want to have crowded uh, reception areas because we were practicing social distancing right before we got shut down. Mm. And uh, that might occur for a while once we go back to work in terms of, uh, you know, giving patients the space that they need to make everybody feel comfortable. That is very interesting. And as we're talking about uh, throughout this show, the possibility that people might be in a position of having to find a new dentist. I mentioned the scenario of maybe some smaller practices uh, closing down or doctors that may have been in practice for many years, maybe saying, hey, uh, you know, I just can't keep all the staff, keep uh, a building uh, open, so to speak, or at least paying the, the, the rent on it with no income. 
uh, there are going to be changes that may not affect a, a tribal health clinic, of course, but you know some private practices may uh, may be closing. And then, Rick, let's face it, uh, the workplace is changing. I mean, some uh, businesses are going out of business. People are relocating. Uh, people may be coming back to a reservation where they grew up. Uh, Maybe their job in an urban area has kind of closed up and they're getting reconnected with their roots. When someone's looking for a new dentist, this whole topic of of sterilization and cleanliness, is that something that you think should be on people's minds? And if it is, how can they evaluate whether a, a dentist is taking good precautions? Yeah, it's a great question. And I think this goes back to something we talked about earlier. Um, two things. One, I wouldn't be afraid to ask questions. When you go back into your dental practice or your doctor's office, say, what are you doing differently? And uh, maybe they were doing an outstanding job before and they can tell you about it. But don't be, you know, if you start getting an evasive answer, I would get a little leery about it. You know, I, I'm very big on morals and ethics uh, across the boards, not just in my work life and my personal life. And I try to leave a good, honest life. And the same thing goes with my, my team and with my patients. And I like to give people straight shooter answers. If somebody wants to come back and see our sterilization area, we have a dedicated sterilization technician in our office that all day long this person just sterilizes instruments, cleans instruments. We send things off to the University of Iowa is like the big testing center in the whole country. But we do spore testing constantly in our office on a monthly basis to make sure everything is is operating properly and we get good feedback on our, our instrumentation. Um, but you want to be able to ask your healthcare provider about it. And, uh, you know, we even give a tour when we have a new patient come to our office, we give them a tour of our office and show them our sterilization area and the things that we're doing in our offices. Well, that is tremendous. I think this all begs a question too. We're talking about changes in a post COVID-19 world from your vantage point as an author, as a dentist, what does the future of dentistry look like, Rick? Well, that's the million-dollar question. Um, I, I think we're going to raise the bar just like we did after the AIDS crisis um, in terms of sterilization. I think you're going to see a different level of sterilization. Um, I hope we get a vaccine as soon as possible for this. I know it's being worked on all over the world, and, and there's some brilliant people out there doing it, so I'm confident it's going to happen. definitely going to happen. The question is when. Um, but uh, in the meantime, I think uh, we're going to have to um, do everything we can to protect not just ourselves, but our patients and our teams when we go back to the practices. We might see testing happen before you walk into a doctor's office, or patients will let doctors know that I've already had the virus and I'm not carrying it anymore. Uh, we might have those, those questions are, are going to be in the forefront, I believe, when we go back to work a month from now. And we're going to have to be very, very careful when we do certain procedures. Uh, that cause aerosol spray in the office and, and do what we need to do to, to protect everybody in the office, the, the patients, the doctors, and our teams to make sure that we don't spread any viruses throughout uh, our communities. Boy, I appreciate that emphasis. And I know a lot of folks, as they've been listening to the interview, they say, wow, what a level-headed guy, very practical and giving us stuff that we can really use. For those who want to connect more with you, Rick, we've mentioned the website before, we've mentioned the book, Tell us again the name of the book and why a patient would want to pick up a copy. So the name of the book is The Big Smile, and it's subtitled The Principles of Modern Dentistry for Dentists and Patients. And why would you want to pick up a copy? I think dentistry is a very, very important 
thing. We've talked about the importance of the mouth-body connection, and I think people need to understand that. I think people want to maximize their experience when they go to a dental office. It's not just the cleaning. It's not just your teeth. Um, it's not just what you see in the movie, The Hangover. It's, he's not just a dentist, okay? He's a doctor of the mouth. And I think for healthcare providers, it, it's critical that we deliver the best to our patients that we possibly can. And the environment's ever-changing, but I think we can always do better. I think dentists have always had a great reputation with our patients overall, but uh, we can just get better and better and better. There's no stopping us in terms of uh, the level of what we can deliver of care to our patients, and we just have to get better at it. Uh, I know I'm doing the best dentistry I've ever done in my career. We have great technology with you know, scanners in our office and uh, like we talked about saliva testing and the materials that we're using for our patients and things of that nature. And, you know, I work under four times magnification, everything I do. And uh, we just provide the best that we can for our patients in terms of the quality of what we do, customer service. And I think the book sends that message to our patients and to my fellow healthcare providers. Tremendous. So the book is called The Big Smile. The author is Dr. Rick Mars. Rick, uh, as an author myself, I often run into people and they say, I'm not a reader. And that's why I think it's so great that uh, you've got other resources beside full-length books at your website, which is drrickmars.com. So D-R-Rick, R-I-C-K, Mars, M-A-R-S.com. Uh, what will folks find there at the website? Well, again, you can download a free chapter like we discussed. Um, you're going to see our blog that we, we go out with. Um, you're going to see some of our credentials in terms of where we've been written up in some great journals and things like that. I mean, everything from uh, The Hill, which is an online publication, Washington, D.C., to Real Self Magazine and Salon Magazine even. Uh, we touch on a variety of topics out there, everything from, you know, charcoal toothpaste to important issues in terms of where we are right now in terms of sterilization and things like that. We've had some other interviews. Hopefully we'll get your interview on there, again, because we do a lot of media work. And then there's a contact on there if you want to get in touch with us and our office and me, and uh, we will get back to you and uh, hopefully answer your questions and do the things we do. It's a great website. I'm very proud of it, what we put together here. It even links. We have our own office website, which is dentalcaregroup.net. But uh, we cover a lot on the Dr. Rick Mars website also, drrickmars.com. Rick, thank you so much. Uh, I'm looking forward, actually, after the interview of jumping uh, on that website. I'm going to let my wife know about it. Sounds like a lot of really great stuff. Our time is just about gone. you got a final message you'd like to leave our listeners with. Hopefully everybody realized the importance of the mouth-body connection now. That's the most important thing. Keep a healthy mouth. Keep a healthy body. Powerful. Dr. Rick Mars at drrickmars.com. Well, that's all for today's show. As always, I'm Dr. David DeRose, wishing you the very best of health. Native Voice One, the Native American Radio Network.